0: Open your Bible to Matthew chapter number 6. And I'll just give you a heads up. I'm not telling you it's about to happen because we try to really be sensitive to the things of God. This is as far as we got in the first service. <laughs> this is as far as we got. Next thing you know, people are, it was just, it was just beautiful. I'm going to tell you what we, what we don't need is less Pentecost. <laughs> we need more Pentecost. We even need more Pentecostal power. You got, you, got, you got religious people feeling obligated to explain stuff that you're just supposed to experience. You ever seen a sunset? Try to take a picture of it? And the only way you could even get close to reenacting that thing is to change the picture. Well, you know, I got to add some color to it because it didn't look like that in person And I got to bring this color down. I got to brighten this area because it didn't look like it That's what happens when you're constantly trying to explain something that you actually experienced You start adding to it You start taking stuff away Before you know it somebody is trying to live off of your experience that is not explained well Instead of just going outside and looking at the sunset You and me, we need more Pentecostal power in our life. We need the Holy Ghost more today than we've ever needed Him. We need the Holy Spirit to come and invade this place, to invade our homes. We need the Holy Spirit to wake us up in the middle of the night and tell us a secret I don't know about you, but you might not believe in that. You have that right. Praise the Lord. And your life, success or failure will be up to you. But for most of us connected here at New Heights Church, I don't want all the responsibility. I want to say I couldn't have done that. God did it." it. If it's all on you, it's all on you. It's all on him. It's all on him. So there's one, one other thing Then we'll get to, the, to our, uh, the offering message Don't sleep on the offering message around here Change your whole family Change your whole life Change your financial situation You cannot be filled with the Holy Ghost And filled with yourself You can't be full of God and full of you It's an either or So you've got to decide What you're going to be Now the, the challenge to that to most people, is when you decide to lay your life down like that fully, the enemy will come and test your metal. And you'll think testing of metal will mean a giant will come out and you get to throw rocks at him. That can happen. Most of the time, he will send somebody to offend you. Most of the time, he'll send somebody to say something. That you feel like you are somehow persecuted or invalidated by what they did or said to you. And the determination on whether or not your flesh is running the show or the Spirit of God is running the show is based on whether or not you feel like you have to validate yourself or if you let God be your vindicator. Because if you'll let God be your vindicator, you can live in peace. But if you have to constantly defend yourself... Well, I would have never said that. Well, are you the measuring stick? The question is, what would Jesus have said? Well, they should have never said that about me. True. But you should have never said what you said about That wasn't me. That was a long time ago. Okay, well, just because theirs happened today, you want to hold it against them? What if God said, well, I'm going to hold everything you do against you on your worst day? See, you see how this happens? You can't have freedom and bondage. They don't coexist. So you got to be free. And if not, you take on a facade. And a facade is not real. A facade is what somebody wants you to think when looking at you. When when, When you're looking at them. A facade is not the structure. A facade is what you put on the outside of the structure that hides the fact that it's not real. That's what religion does. So religion constantly talks you into not being free by by taking on a pharisaical mentality. Pharisaical, I'm taking that from the word Pharisee. Pharisee in the Bible, Pharisees and scribes, pretty much the only people that Jesus yelled at. (laughs) Pretty much. That and people who talked about giving. Not talked about giving as in giving, talked about people who ridiculed giving. Those are the people that he immediately uh, condemned immediately spoke against so why is it in 2022 that uh uh We don't see through that lens as clearly as we can see through the Scripture when it comes to people that are contrary to what we already know. Not you and me. I'm just talking out loud. But they're contrary to what we already know. And now all of a sudden, they want you to spend the rest of your life weighing little insignificant things in the Scripture instead of using the Scripture you do know to set somebody free. Can I tell you something? The enemy... He almost celebrates your quiet time with God. Because when you're in your prayer closet, you're not witnessing to anybody outside of it. No, I'm not saying don't pray. I'm not saying don't have a prayer closet. We've got to go get strengthened. But if you think it's all about just you finding this, you know, state of zen with God, then you don't understand kingdom. And he died. To reestablish and rose from the dead To reestablish our authority here As kingdom citizens Representing the kingdom of God here Like it is there Does this make sense? So so you got to understand The Bible says he inhabits the praises of his people Doesn't say he doesn't hear us when we pray Certainly he does But he said he inhabits the praises of his people Prayer is easy Praise is a challenge Prayer can be this But praise puts you on on the spot. And your flesh starts going, you don't need to do all that. Well, what other king set you free? You don't don't need to do all that. But you go to a football game. Take your shirt off, even though you should have kept it on. Take a gallon and a half of, of your favorite team's paint. Honey, can you you write some letters on my chest? Hopefully she doesn't say what chest. (laughs) Woo! Take that piece of leather and run across a piece of grass with it. Woo! Not you. But then you get to a church. Or Or you act like it's a, it, like it's a ride at, at, at six flags and you're white knuckling the row in front of you <laughs> You know why the devil doesn't want you to lift your hands? Because the book of lamentation says you lift your heart with your hands. What we lift our hands we're saying, you got to fix this, Lord. <laughs> when we lift our hands we're saying no I surrender to you it's an international sign of surrender you don't even have to speak the language if you're on a battlefield and you walk out with both hands up like this the other other side knows you want to surrender so when we lift our hands we're surrendering we say well that's just your culture no it's all in the Bible it's biblical culture it's actually anti-biblical to not magnify God the Bible actually says shout unto God with the voice of triumph if you go to a church and nobody shouts I wouldn't go to that church if you go to a church and nobody shouts you know all the time i wouldn't go to that church it shout unto god with the voice of like like when did the when did the ordinance of god become suggestions you know worship's only optional here if you got to heaven and decided not to worship you'd be flung like lightning from the sky so for for those of us who've decided that our flesh is not as important as our king our little insecurity is not as important as our king. Well, you don't understand, preacher. I'm not from one of them kind of families. I'm not either. I was raised Methodist. This, this is what church looked like where I grew up. <laughs> That's what it looked like where I grew up. I'm not madass, just the way it was. Got a lot of good information while I was in that thing, but then God touched me. So then what am I going to do? I tried to go back. (laughs) I was like, whoa. Y'all singing about him. Y'all not singing to him. (laughs) Y'all talking about him. Y'all not talking to him. No, I felt bad enough before I came in here. I don't need to feel worse. (laughs) Can we get some man in a robe to come out and make me feel terrible again? Is that possible? Just make me feel horrible. Or better yet, make me feel safe when I'm lost as a goose in a snowstorm. We need God. We need, we need the Holy Spirit. We need the power of the resurrection. We need the manifestation of the power of God. We need some bad reports to get out of our life and to be replaced with some good reports. We need the blessing and favor of God to overtake us. We need our children to magnify God and not magnify the devil. We need our children turned up for God, not turned up for the world. We need a church that, 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 that literally believes that anything is possible at any moment in time, period. Because if you don't believe anything's possible, you'd still be in Egypt. No, God can't do that. No, he can't do it for you because of your unbelief. That's why he can't do it for you. Because he's not going to overtake what he gave you, which is your authority. He doesn't go and take that back. So you're sitting there, it's not you, but you're stopping the hand of God with your unbelief. And so therefore, you got to explain why it didn't work. No, it didn't work. You didn't work. Your faith didn't work. Well, I did believe. Exactly. You stopped believing. I believed for five years. Well, maybe it was going to take 40 Well, I don't know if I can hold on that long. Well, don't blame God because you quit. Well, for 10 years, the woman with issue of blood was 12. Well, 15 years I held on. The man at the gate called beautiful over 40 years. Well, you don't understand. My kid, Jairus' daughter was 12. I'm telling you, you got to hold on. Come on, somebody just say, hold on. I feel a holding on and breaking out in this place somebody's just gonna hold on somebody somebody's talking the devil somebody, somebody's somebody's talking the devil out of their life right now that they didn't even know it you just, you just decided I'm gonna hold on and the devil's like what? no 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 I thought I thought you were just about to quit I was but I changed my mind Bishop Bishop T.D. Jakes preached a message a long time ago. He said, Tell the devil I changed my mind. Some of y'all made some promises about I'll never go to a church like that As long as I live You need to tell the devil I changed my mind I need the supernatural power of God I need a manifestation of the Holy Ghost I need peace that surpasses all understanding I need His anointing to destroy a yoke Off of my life That's what I need I need the power of God in my life I need the power of God in my life I need a report to change. I need to go to the doctor and the doctors get confused. Well, we are, we're going to cut it out, but uh, it's, uh, it's, it's already out. Yeah. Yeah, Jesus did that. Praise God. Thank you for doing the test, though. Are you still going to charge me for it? Because everybody say, God bless doctors. I love doctors. love everybody in medicine. They work towards health. We're very thankful for that. But we have a great physician, too, you know. Yeah, he'll just he'll just change your whole situation. Some of you need the situation change at the house. You don't like the temperature in your home. You need the Holy Ghost in your house. I'm gonna give you the recipe. How do you get the Holy Ghost in your house? First and foremost, you get anything that doesn't magnify God out of your house. Those uh, dream catchers and dream weaver things—they're real cute. Hanging on deals. Those aren't in the Bible. Any symbolism that is to another religion, you got a little Buddha in your house, you get it out of your house. The Holy Ghost and Buddha are not buddies. Buddha's dead. Jesus is alive. You got a a Koran in your house, throw it away. Don't give it away, throw it away. Don't give it away, throw it away. Don't let that come with your fingerprints on it, get in somebody else's hands. They read it and believe it. Their blood might be on your hands. Throw it away. Get that stuff out of your life. Read your Bible. Listen to this. It's going to be shocking every day. If you and your wife are struggling, here's the recipe. This will save you a bajillion dollars in in marital counseling. Get on your knees. hold hands and pray and ask God to heal every hurting place in their life out loud where they can hear it how long do you do this every single day until it breaks then you live your life in peace and you never go back you got you got you got problems with your kids. Kids aren't serving God. Kids don't want to serve God. Well, if they're 18 or under or they live in your house, if they live in your house and suck up your air conditioning, yeah. church is not an option. Yeah. They come with you to church. said, well, we don't have that many chairs in here left. And they can stand by the wall. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people stand by the wall right now. They come to the house of God. No, we're going to church. I don't want to go to church well, That's your problem, not mine Get in the truck yes, right. What? Well, you know, they, they just don't they, don't they don't know anybody here They didn't meet anybody here Well, who did you come for? Jesus or somebody? Well, you know, my kids They're just, they're just a smart aleck Well, first off, you got to be real clear Are you a smart aleck? Did you plant it and now you don't like the harvest? Because it may take some time to work that out If you planted it But the first thing you got to (laughs) do Is get it out of your own life, you know Nothing wrong with picking at a certain level And having fun But if everything is just sarcasm and smart aleck Nobody can tell when you're you're being serious And then when you finally say something that hurts somebody's feelings You go, oh, I was just joking No, you weren't just joking, you were rude And if your kids are doing that now They don't know how to talk Because you showed them a different way to talk You just don't like it pointed at you This is the scripture. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. That's what he meant. Don't talk to somebody how you don't want to be talked to. That's the same with your kids. Well, I want my kids to know how smart I am. Dumbest thing you could have said. I don't want my kids to know how smart I am. I want my kids to know how smart they are. The whole world's going to try to convince them they're dumb. The the whole world's going to try to convince them they're crazy. I don't need them to know how smart I am. I know how smart I am. I'm going to let that sit for a minute because I didn't misquote that. I'm aware of how smart I am. The same way that you can go and measure yourself on a wall, know how tall you are? If you keep talking yourself out of the things that God has given you to use, you won't use them. It'd be like an eight-footer, not slam dunking. Well, I just want to shoot threes. Well, listen, Shaq, you're not shooting threes, okay? You need to get down low, rebound, and pull the rim off the backboard. That's what you were built for. So if you know that about you, you're not wrong. You don't, need, you don't need to enunciate to your kids how much smarter you are than them. You're probably not, by the way. You probably have just lived long enough to have more data in you. Yeah. <laughs> so you never make your kid feel dumb for not knowing something. Because if they don't know, it's probably time-based. My parents never made me feel dumb, but what they did do is play trivial pursuit against us kids when we were like eight. It was like the questions were like, Who was president in 1962? And my parents are blurting out the answer, and we're like, 60 what? It wasn't that we weren't intelligent children, it's we didn't have the data. They had lived longer to have the data. You dad's got to be real careful. When you're telling them go get the half inch wrench and they bring you a nine sixteenths, that's not time for ridicule. When you say go get me the crescent wrench, you don't look at them and go, dummy, that's not a crescent wrench. How could they know unless you told them? How could they know? When's the last time you opened the toolbox So said, let's go over all the tools. This is this, this is this, this, this. How else would they know? You're just waiting on them to be wrong so you can tell them how right you are. That's training by embarrassment. Let me tell you what that'll do. That'll get your kid in therapy. Too much? That'll get your kid in counseling. So when they're 35, instead of setting the world on fire, they're trying to deal with all their problems that you instigated because you thought it was more important to make them feel like they were dumber than you than to raise them up. In the fear and admonition of the Lord, so when they get old, they wouldn't depart from it. This is why America is so jacked up. Because parents are trying to survive, constantly trying to survive parenthood, and everybody thinks it's cute to put a little video on the internet to celebrate the fact that they're not disciplined. This is me, the kids went to this is me, the kids went to school, so I'm gonna have a big glass of wine. <laughs> House looks like a pigsty. This is what's wrong with America. You got you got dads that you know hide behind work as the excuse to not be a good dad? we decided a long time ago I'll either have good rest or good memories <laughs> my kids they might, my kids might say they were around too much <laughs> my kids might say they were too involved but none of my children will ever say that Brian and Crystal our parents didn't love us and didn't care I promise you before God they won't say that it cost me hundreds of thousands of dollars Doesn't have to, you can do it for free But we like spending money on them That's what's wrong with America right now you you got children raising parents Decided it was cute And somehow they missed out on their life By raising another life No, that's foolishness That's foolishness That's satanic in its origin I missed out on my life raising this life The devil is a liar There's not a greater calling than raising a life and teaching them, about, teaching them about the Lord. Having them in the presence of God. Having them in the house of God. Teaching them what they need to know to succeed. Well, the school never taught them how to balance a checkbook. Why didn't you? Well, you know, they were at school and this happened and that happened and that happened. Take them out of school. I don't have the money. Eat macaroni. I thought we were just praying to send them to school. We were. But if your kid doesn't need to be in school, then you need to be home raising your kid. Well, how do you know when you know? (laughs) Like, it's harder to stop hearing God than it is to hear God, honestly. Until you get to a place where you're a uh, reprobate. Nobody in here is that. This is what's wrong with society. Is we want to shell off all our responsibility. You know what I'd like to see more of? Instead of seeing your picture from six years ago on the internet when you're on a beach or when you're in the mountains, I'd like to just see a bunch of pictures. of Here's my family eating dinner again at home at the table. Everybody's sitting here and we just got done praying. I don't have time for that. Make time. Well, I don't get home till 8. Eat at 8.30. Well, that's too late for a kid to eat. Who said that? Who told you that? Why can't they have a snack and eat with you? You think it'd be more valuable for them to eat alone than to eat with their daddy? Eat with their mama? One of the things, Crystal, Crystal's best mother I've ever seen, and I mean that. But anytime time I had to come home late, not every time, but plenty of times, I'd just say, baby, I'm going to go wake the kids up. She'd say, praise the Lord. <laughs> I'd just go wake them up. What are y'all doing? What have y'all been doing? Oh, Dad, we're tired. Well, get up. Praise God, get up. My God, we're going to watch TV, we're going to eat some ice cream, we're going to do something. I love you, get up. I hadn't seen you in like an hour. And I miss your face. I go to leave the house. I'm I'm not trying to talk about me, I'm just trying to give you an example of how this really can be. I can't get out of the house without four hugs. I love you, Daddy. I love you, Daddy. I love you, Daddy. I love you, Daddy. I come home, half of them, if they hear me drive up, they meet me in the driveway. Hey, Daddy, how you doing? I love you. You know how that happened? It didn't happen by saying, go meet your daddy. It happened because their daddy woke them up when they were four. Come on, get up. I've been missing you so much. Oh, my goodness, great. What do you want to do? Well, I want to go back to sleep Dad. Yeah, we're not doing that. Praise God. Let's go do something else. <laughs> We, I think I think we may do a, a, a series sometime soon on parenting, or maybe a, maybe a class. Maybe we may do a class like like one of the off nights of the week, uh, like a parenting intensive. I get I get so I get so um, it honestly hurts my heart when when I when I see parents so overwhelmed, you know, at, at a store or at a restaurant or whatever, because. You know, kids, they, they need that structure, and they're not going to hate you for it. They'll actually have a lot more peace in their life because of it. Let me give you one example. Have we received the offering yet? I'll give you one. It's 12 o'clock. We've just been talking this whole time, Jake. <laughs> Who in here has ever been out to eat? Who, who in here if you're married you, you've been out to eat with your spouse when you did that and you looked at your wife and you left the driveway and you asked the question where do you want to eat? <laughs> Has she ever been certain? <laughs> oh don't, don't, don't blame her the only reason you ask her is because you have no idea what you want Matter of fact, you got an idea of what you want. So if she ever does say what she wants, you're going to be like, oh, that sounds good. What do you think about this? See, so you don't even know what you want to eat. And you're 21. Think of how stressful that is when a little kid's tired and upset and a parent just keeps going, What do you want? 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 What do you want to eat? It's dinner time. You should have decided. You should have already fixed it or had a plan for it. It's like, Well, that's like a throwback in time. Yeah, all the way 2,000 years ago to how it was done back then. I'm not going back to the 60s, I'm going back to the Jesus time. Yeah. What what do you want to eat? What do you want? They they don't know. And if they do know, it's ice cream, macaroni, or chicken nuggets. And sometimes, you know, sometimes that's a good meal, baby. (laughs) That's ice cream, chicken nuggets, and mac and cheese. Sometimes that's a good meal. So, So a lot of times parents are feeding into their children's frustrations because the child is not... There, there's studies out there that talk about the frontal part of your brain is not even connected till you're in your twenties. So, so parents are putting, the, you know, it's out of love most of the time or or laziness. See, they love or laziness or a mixture of both. Where a parent is like, "What do you want, baby? What do you want, baby? What do you want, baby? What do you want, baby?" You want, baby? I can tell you what that parent, what that kid could say if it, if it, if it could if it kind of could get to understanding, it would say. I, I want you to know what I need. You've been here longer than me. I don't know how the stove works. I don't know what's in the pantry. I don't even know how to buy dinner. I want you to know what I need. I'm stressed out because you're putting 9,000 options on me a day. A lot of times it's out of love. That's what happens. And then the baby's sitting there just... As soon as they realize that, that, that options are always available, now if you hand them asparagus, they're not doing it. Now, some kids do that, you know, and shoot, I would do that. You put asparagus in my face too much. But it's bedtime. Oh, I don't want to go to bed. We are going to bed. Huh? No, I'm not. <laughs> God is my witness. (laughs) You're going to bed right now. And I'm telling you this because I've seen it, but I've never seen it in my house. Never one time. Not one time. I'm not up here trying to brag to you. I'm telling you, I've been working on it before they started breathing air. Crystal and I didn't come to this thing haphazardly. We say, go to bed. Three kids, get up start passing out the hugs praise the Lord I'm not saying they're not smart because that's also about the time they're like boy I'm thirsty (laughs) did we eat dinner I'm a little hungry (laughs) I'm not saying they're not smart I'm just telling you they don't buck us you know it's bedtime it's bedtime well I'm not sleepy well you can here's, here's what we've told them come here I've told y'all from the time you were little, you can do two things if you can't sleep. What have I said? You can pray or sing? Thank you, buddy. You don't have you don't have to go to sleep. You can pray or you can sing. Also let them read their Bible. But it's bedtime. Well, I'm not sleepy. You can pray? You can sing now that they're old enough to read. You can read your Bible. Well, why is that so important? Because we're establishing the culture of our home and they are in our home. They're a part of our family. They are not establishing the culture that would be the tail wagging the dog. No offense, you're not a tail. I'm just talking about that the the indication of of leadership and responsibility. So you say we're going to bed, it's bedtime. Period. We should we should we should have a we should have a, a parenting inten- uh, intensive on on thou shalt go to bed. I've had I've had people ask me people who you know get so sick of it they'll ask, uh, but then then also you know people are just get to their wits end. But most people don't ask because they they either don't they, they're embarrassed that they're that it's not working well, or B they think that's how it is everywhere. It's not like that everywhere. There is a better way. There's always a better way. There's always improvement available. You say, well, you know, they're just kids. And listen, whatever they do in front of you, you multiply it times 100 when you can't see them. Good and bad. Whatever they do in front of you that they do well, you multiply it by 100. That's what they're doing when you can't see them. So you got to get to the place where the parent is running the house. The parents are running the house. And if if this is all brand new to you and, and you got to, you know, there's some change that you that you really know that needs to be made in your household, understand you need to give them some grace in the process of change. Because if you have not established culture, if you have not established your expectations, you have nothing you can expect from them. So you can't just walk in and go, okay, preacher said it. Here's what's going to happen. Bedtime. And and you know, for for the first six years of their life, they've been like, I want to go to bed. Wait, 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 wait. You've just been dealing with it. You go curl up on the bed beside them. You'll curl up in the floor beside them. There's always a place for that, a time. But if that's every night, they're running you. I'm gonna preach and I'm gonna teach, and I'll be honest with you. I know the Bible well enough that I don't even have to have encouragement. But if you want this to settle in deep on the inside of you, you've got to get past the, well, that's not how we do it here. You've got to decide if you're wanting to do it that way and it's not the best way, then no offense to you. And I'm talking to anybody online mainly. Then shame on you for not wanting the best for your kids and just wanting to survive with your kids. I don't want to survive. I want to thrive. I'm raising up generals. New Heights kids, we're teaching general grade stuff. We are not teaching. We're not trying to make privates back there. So you can't go and just just let your life look like a sitcom. Here's every sitcom you've ever seen in your whole life. The guy is an idiot. Lies to the wife. Jokes about it with his neighbor. The wife is the smartest person on the planet just dealing with the idiot that constantly rolls her eyes every time he says something dumb. The kids pit the parents against each other. The mother begins to talk to the kids about, well, you know, he's just your daddy and we really got to help him out. And before you know it, it's nothing but dishonor in every single direction. The kids are always right. The parents are always wrong in the equation. I should have I should have let you go to that party. I should have trusted you. I should have this. I should have that. Uh, instead of saying, no, our household, we don't go to parties where there's no adults. We don't go to parties where there's alcohol. You're four. Every sitcom you've ever seen. So if you're not strategically using the Word of God to figure out how to raise kids, the examples you have in front of you are filled with fallacy. They are filled with lies. Strategically so because the enemy is the prince of the power of the air who in here has a satellite TV. They're beaming it into your household so you will watch it on your TV and you will feel a little less bad because, boy, that's a really crazy family. Ha, 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 ha. Your family's not supposed to be crazy. You're supposed to be stable in the presence of instability. You're supposed to be firmly rooted on the word of the living God. Your kids are supposed to walk into the school and change the school, not the school change your kids. Your kids are supposed to walk into the teacher and say, can I pray with you today? <laughs> When, the team, when somebody tells them not to pray, you're supposed to have told them, shut. No, don't tell them that. You're supposed to tell them. You can't tell me that. I'll pray whenever I want to pray. Well, that'll get them thrown out of school. Maybe they need to get thrown out of school for praying in tongues. Wouldn't that be a badge? Did you get kicked out of school? What'd you do? Yeah, threw a spitball on the chalkboard. Or no, nah, I was just praying all the time. I was witnessing everybody, and they wouldn 't let me stay. <laughs> well, well you 're just trying to make trouble, all right seems like a pretty decent trouble to me. Everybody in your Bible went to prison they just didn 't go to prison for drugs and alcohol. <laughs> They went to prison for honoring God. And when they were pressured about it and they were beaten, went, beaten over it, they prayed like this Oh God, give us more boldness. <laughs> Somebody doesn't like your Instagram post and you're praying, God, why are they persecuting me? <laughs> I was matching with the hat and the shoes it was so nice and nobody even likes me anymore. <laughs> ah. the Bible says you're persecuted for my sake, for righteousness' sake. That's when you're congruent with God to pray over households here this morning I pray over every household what I'm about to ask doesn't mean there's 10,000 things wrong what I'm about to ask just says you know I do I, I want God involved in my family and there's some areas I know there's some improvement needed in myself improvement areas in my family and some of you kids are old enough There's some improvement you could bring to the table. You've been dishonorable to your parents. You've been disrespectful. I'm going to ask you a real question right now, all you young people. What's the point? Think about this for a minute. Did your little BFF? Did they feed you dinner? Respectfully, did they wipe your rear end when you were little? Because I'll tell you this. Maybe five people in your life right now on a friend level will be there in 20 years. Maybe. If 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 that's the case, it's a lot. And those of us, like myself, who's 21 years old. I'm a lot older than that. I'm 41, if you're wondering. We've lived long enough to see... The world wants you to put more onus on the temporary relationships of your life than the permanent relationships of your life. So if your parents said something to you that hurt your feelings, and maybe they were even wrong, the same Jesus that forgives you will empower you to forgive them. And you stop walking disrespectfully in your house, even if you have a good reason. Because the Bible, one of the the commandments in the Bible, out of the top ten, is to honor your father and mother. And you ought to do that. You ought to honor your parents. You ought to respect them. As long as they're not telling you to sin, you ought to do what they say. And it will all be the culture of your house. Because I'm going to tell you right now. And it'll take 15, 20 years for this to prove out. But I promise you it's true. What you're sowing right now, you're going to reap when you have kids. So you act towards your parents how you want your kids to act towards you. This is how this thing is supposed to work. Because if you can't be respectful to the parent you can see, Why do you think you're going to magically be respectful to the parent you can't see? Back to you moms and dads for a minute. If you're giving them instructions and then not not making them see how critical it is to follow them, how will they be able to follow the instructions of the parent they cannot see? This is how it's supposed to work. See, our father was supposed to connect us to God, not to create a bitterness because because we weren't a good father to our children. It's supposed to connect us to God. It's supposed to breed an intimacy. Does this make sense? Let's bow our head and close our eyes just for a minute. Maybe you're here today and that's you. you're saying, Preacher, my household, we're right here at the first day of school, first week of school, semester's about to start. And I need you to, I need the Lord to move in my family. I got some challenges. Don't don't misinterpret this. Every kid is, is different, different seasons, different challenges. I get it. But as simple as going to bed. As simple as saying, no, do this. And they won't do it. You need to deal with that element of rebellion because it doesn't get smaller, it gets bigger. And deal with it. Don't hear me talking hard. I'm not talking hard. I'm talking about you got to make some changes. You got to make some changes. And you'll see the change you want in them. You children that are older, old enough to make a decision and recognize, hey, I got some areas in my life that I can really work on this. I'm telling you, we need the supernatural power of God in our life. When he got involved. So I'm going to pray over every family that would like to be prayed for. If that's you, you say, man, I I got some areas in my family that I, I need God to move. Just lift your hand right now. You can put them down. It's almost every hand in the room, so let's just stand to our feet. If your family unit is here, or parts of your family unit, and you want to be a part of this prayer, come out of your seat right now and just meet me right here at the front. And we're going to pray as families. Try to stay together as a family if you can. Say, well, I've never done that at church before. Well, to get something you never had, sometimes you've got to do something you've never done. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Wow. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. None of this is saying that that there should be shame involved at all. What this is saying is God, we really do need you and we want what's best for our family, for our kids. I don't want status quo. I don't want, you know, the popular sitcom. I want what you said. Now, every family here, just grab hands together, you know, with your family. Don't make it weird. <laughs> Let's pray. Lord, you're so faithful. You're so faithful for every family represented here. I'm asking for a new bond of unity. I'm asking for an equipping. Lord, would you let love be our mantle? Would you let love be our banner? Would you let peace and joy be our hope and our strength? For every household, I I speak laughter at the kitchen table and the dinner table in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I speak not not in an austere negative connotation but I speak obedience over our children that they would honor their mother and father they would hear the voice of their parents in their life that they would be a part Lord God of a of a constant of a constant calibration and recalibration of the culture in our household that we would never get too familiar with with ugliness, rudeness and bitterness that it becomes our culture but rather when it shows its head that we would in love deal with it and each personally commit to be a part of a solution of the solution that brings about a house filled with kindness and joy and peace and love and hope and strength and virtue. Now Holy Spirit the beautiful promise the beautiful promise of the Father. We're asking, Lord God, that You would send Your Holy Ghost to our homes, that the Holy Spirit would so permeate and saturate our households that joy would become the standard. God, would You give us encounters with You in our homes? Would you fill our children to overflow, Lord God? Would you give us the boldness to read our Bible out loud with our children? Would you give us the boldness to talk to our kids about how beautiful you are? Would would you give our children the strength to share when you've whispered something to them in the midnight hour? Lord, would you let your Holy Spirit just come and wash us one more time in your grace and your peace? We don't want a house of chaos and great pictures. Lord, we want a house of peace and of love. Let our homes be filled with your presence. The fragrance of who you are. Now keep praying, church. We're going to go just another moment longer in prayer. Now lift up every mother in the name of Jesus. We lift up every mother in the name of Jesus. And I ask in Jesus' name for a better relationship with each one of their children. I'm asking in the name of Jesus. For peace that surpasses all understanding. Lord, you said we can cast our cares on you and that you care for us. So Father, would you remind every mother in the house and every mother tuned into this video that they can cast their cares on you. Do not be overwhelmed, says God. Let the overwhelming one overwhelm you. Let him bring beautiful peace into your life. now for every child I thank you in the name of Jesus no matter the age I thank you for a fresh commitment to honor their father their father and their mother I thank you for it in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ last thing I'll bring to you God every father every man I'm asking you to strengthen them Lord make every man hard where they ought to be hard And gentle and kind where they ought to be gentle and kind. Lord, the nature that's in us that makes us want to run out to the battle and fight Philistines, let us never use that nature against our family, but for our family. I'm not asking you for tame men. I'm asking you for disciplined men. I'm not asking you, Lord God, for limp-wristed, soft men. That don't know what it means to run out to the battle. I'm asking you Lord God that men would not see their family as what they are in battle against. But rather what they are in battle for. Give us the anointing to do it. Young David was out there tending sheep and then the anointing got on him. And he couldn't stand the giant railing against Israel or his family. I thank you Lord God for this anointing on every family let it flow through the aisles of this church the parking lot and all the way to every household connected let our neighborhoods come to us and say how is it that your kids are so full of joy give us the words to decree and declare that's the presence of the Lord Jesus' name. And all God's people said. Amen. Amen. Let's give God a hand of praise right there. Every family member, hug your family member and then make your way back to your seat. Praise the Lord. Give them a big hug. Tell them I love you. Tell them I love you. Get good at saying I love you. Get good at saying I love you. <laughs> Get good at saying I love you. Get good at saying I'm sorry if you need to say I'm sorry. Get good at repenting. I'm a world-class repenter. You can ask my wife. We, we race. Anytime that there's ever been a disagreement, we've had about four in 20 years, almost 20 years. And every disagreement was usually about, you know, uh, is chocolate cake better or vanilla cake? Praise the Lord. But any time we ever have any kind of disagreement, it's a race to see who can apologize first. And it's hard to beat her, but I try. Hard to beat her at apologizing, but I try. Absolutely. You say amen to that. Oh, we had a time in the Lord this morning. Open your button. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Some of you are ready to try that bedtime thing out. Here we go. Bedtime, 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 bedtime. Praise the Lord. Come on, let's worship God with our giving before we leave, though. You know, the Bible says that that seek the kingdom first, and all these things will be added unto you. When we tithe and offer, God opens the windows of heaven over our life. He really does. The beautiful thing about tithing and offering, too, is it testifies to your children that you believe what you say. Exodus chapter 13 talks about when you bring your first born lamb, in other words, your tithe, your first fruit, To the house of God, that time it would have been straight to the priest. When you do that, your children will ask you about it one day. You say, Dad, why do we keep taking these lambs to the preacher? You say, Well, the reason we're doing that is because it wasn't always the way you're living. See, we used to be in bondage, but God, through his mighty right hand, has set us completely free. And so we stay in covenant with our God. It's a part of our worship. Somebody say covenant. We don't talk about covenant much anymore in today's society. But it's a way, when you're born again, you're in covenant with God, your soul is saved. But your finances are not necessarily in covenant with God. The way you get your finances in covenant with God and you get God working in your finances is to tithe and offer to the church where you are fed. So when you do that, God literally will rebuke the devil off of your life. Sometimes it looks like, you know, he'll find, you'll find something that was, uh, what's the word? Eating your finances that you didn't know about. And the Lord will just show it to you. Sometimes he'll just, he'll just bless you. You know, the favor of God's better than money. I know Disney's got all kinds of problems now. But years ago we went to Disney and uh, we did like a, I think it was like an eight or $10,000 private tour. It's pretty cool. You just walk by all the lines and go to the front. And everybody's looking at you like, what is going on? And I just look back at them and say, Favor of God. That's what's going on. So anyway, uh, we did it, and then, you know, we went to a restaurant and had a you know seven, eight hundred dollar meal at a restaurant. He said, Well, why would you eat seven, eight hundred dollars worth of stuff? Well, you don't know how many people were there. If it was 70 people, it's a pretty good deal It wasn't (laughs) It was two of us, no We just had a great meal, great time Everything was wonderful Uh, The the, the beauty and the beast walked in and did the whole thing It was was a great meal We had a great time Well, I'm the kind of person, I like to pay my bills And I'm always checking to make sure they're paid And I looked and uh, my credit card hadn't been run for that deal so I called the mouse I said, hey Mick I said, look I said, owe oh, you guys like $10,000, $11,000 I signed the thing I said, y'all hadn't drafted it yet I said, oh Mr. Hallam just this Mr. Hallam? I said, yeah, we heard about you That's what they said So enjoyed your family And we just want to say thank you for coming We've waived the entire day You owe nothing Some people are like, I'm not sure if I should clap for that, you know, Disney and the Disney Plus and the Hulu and the all let me tell you what you'd do if it was you, you'd be clapping. You'd have been crying in the airport. Glory to God you got up to the ticket counter. Is there any upgrades available? Praise God. I'm just coming to some money. Praise God. I'm just telling you God can do it. A minute of God's favor overwhelm everything. Absolutely absolutely overwhelm everything. I've had hundreds of thousands of dollars canceled in my life. I thank God for that. Some of it I've asked for. Most of it I haven't. Most of it just went away. Never missed a payment on anything in my entire life. God's honest truth. I feel like I'm going a little too far, but I'll just keep going. Never, never one time on anything. And we've just gotten letters in the mail, phone calls. Hey, you don't owe this anymore getting letters that say your balance is zero when it should have been hundreds of thousands of dollars, we call them and say, Oh, no, sir, something came up, and we canceled that. You know know why? Because Crystal and I are committed to the house of God and to the things of God. So God knows if I have it, what I'm going to do with it. So if the devourer is getting too much of it, God will rebuke the devourer So he can get it where he needs it to be. Because we're players in the process. I'm not the process. I'm a player in the process. Does that make sense? All right. You can make your checks out to NHC. If you're like Crystal and me, we give online at newheightschurch.info. But let's pray over our giving. Father, we give today because we love you. We love souls. We love the things of God, the hand of God, the word of God. We dearly and sincerely love the house of God. I speak and declare the blessing and favor of God. Over every person that tithes, offers, and partners with this great ministry. In Jesus' name, and all God's people said. Amen. Amen. Ushers receive the giving of this great church. Just want to also continue to encourage you. If you hadn't signed up for our foundations of faith. Man, you got to get in that class. It is a life changer. For sure. We got people all over the country now asking for it. Other churches are using it. Saying, I had one pastor call me this week. He said, "It's the it's probably the greatest doctrinal uh, uh, class he's ever seen." I said, "Thank you, in the name of Jesus." I hope it blesses you. But you can get signed up for that, and it'll really it'll really do good for you. Also, I'll say this: maybe you're here and you've never joined our church, but you know this is home. Maybe you've been coming for a while, or weeks, or even months, and you've never made the commitment to join New Heights Church. And by joining New Heights Church, you're just saying, hey, I want to help love people and point them to Christ. That's what I want to do. We're not going to embarrass you or put a microphone in your hair. I'm not in your hand. I'm not even going to call you to the front. But we do want to celebrate that decision if that's you and you want to make New Heights your home. Matter of fact, we're going to dismiss in a second. Let's go ahead and stand up. If you're here and you say, man, it, it could even be your first time here, but you know, hey, I've made it home. If that's you, when I count to three, I want you to lift your hand. With an uplifted hand, you're just going to make a declaration. that says, I want to make new heights my home church. And all of us who've already done that, we're going to clap our hands and celebrate. If you want to make new heights your home church today, when I count to three, lift that hand. One, two, three. Lift your hand, tall and bold. Congratulations, 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 congratulations. Praise the Lord. Anybody else? right here. Praise God. Congratulations. Make sure and keep those hands up. Ushers, please hand out. We have a gift for you to celebrate your first time or to celebrate your uh, joining the church. Uh, the ushers will come down the aisles and hand that out in there, There's going to be all kind of uh, new heights swag, a sticker for your car. If you want to put it on there and then a really cool key ring that's only available by joining the church. So you can't even get that any other way at this point. We may make them available another time, but they're really cool. Uh, but then also you'll find a new members card in there. Please fill that out before you leave campus and drop it off in the, at the blue desk in the lobby. Can we have another hand clap for everybody joining today? That's beautiful. Praise God. All right. I'm going to pray a blessing on you. We'll be dismissed. Father, bless you people coming in and going out in the city and the field this day and every day. In Jesus' name, if you got one more praise locked up in you, turn it loose. God bless you. We'll see you later.